So I'm going to ask you the first question that popped in my head after watching this movie. What the fuck was that? (laughs) Like, we've had movies that took a turn before, but this thing Uh, gave me fucking whiplash. I cannot believe the turn this thing takes with like 20 minutes to go. The ending does come in really hot. Yeah. Yeah. There's death, and then there is resurrection, and then there is a citizenship ceremony that is just, like, (laughs) beyond (laughs) to compare. Yeah. All in the span of, like, 24 hours, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Things take a drastic turn. This is kind of a slow-moving movie that has a very dramatic ending. Again, it was so sudden that my fucking, like, neck is still sore. Your chiropractor's going to appreciate it. He's going to have to. He's going to appreciate the business. This thing is fucking unbelievable. Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And today, by special request, we are talking about Mac and Me. <laughs> Widely regarded as one of the worst movies of all time. Oh, is it? Oh, God. are you surprised? No, I'm not at no. all surprised. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this was uh, requested by a guy who reached out to us on Instagram a while back. His name's Chris. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Chris Necht, I think. Saw this suggestion, was like, absolutely, we were already thinking about doing it. We found a beer that's going to make it work, and goddamn, just a a, a world-class suggestion. Thanks for this one, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Um, I watched this with my children, uh, because it was a, like, children's movie. Yeah, I'm excited to hear their take on it, actually. Yeah, we'll we'll talk throughout about how they felt about different parts. Um, Was this... All just trying to cash in yes. on ET. Yep. That's absolutely. You what can it just is. stop right there. It's all just trying to cash in. Yeah, <laughs> this is a giant cash grab. It is pretty much an advertisement. The entire thing, too. Uh, yes, or like a series of them. This is just '80s capitalism at its best or worst. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, I would slant to the worst. I know that you're more optimistic about those kind of perspectives than or I Or is it but... America at its best or worst? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I mean, it definitely feels that way. This is it is it is kind of a story of living the American dream. Would you say that watching this movie made you like America more or less than you did before watching it? That's a good question. Um I think if you watched it in the 80s, um, with or you'd be like, you'd yeah, we more. did it. Yeah, <laughs> America. Watching it now, though, with like time and context, it definitely feels less. Well, for you, yeah, yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's the direction I thought you were gonna go. Um, hopefully, though, we will both feel good about this beer. Why don't you tell the folks about the uh, beer we're drinking today for Mac and Me? Yeah, so it's called the Extraterrestrial. Yeah, there's a flying saucer on the can that is shaped like an egg. Yeah, and it's beaming up a hot cup of coffee, so it's kind of like the perfect connection here. This movie is all about a family of aliens who come to Earth and sort of try to make their way in the American West. Is it all in the American West? I thought they were, or I guess so, yeah, because the family's from the Midwest. Yeah, they're from Chicago, Illinois, but it all takes Chicago, place yeah. in California, Okay, I think, yeah. so. Uh, so extraterrestrial is a breakfast stout. Makes sense here. We've got the eggs and we've got the coffee. This is a bourbon barrel age breakfast stout Uh-oh. too. Yeah, it's been in barrels for 26 months before they canned it. So give it a lot of time to pull some of those flavors. It also includes coffee, cacao nibs, maple syrup, cinnamon, and lactose. So oh, very nice. We are in for a bit of a flavor adventure here. Kind of like this movie took us on a voyage. It I took, think. <laughs> absolutely took us on a voyage. Good God. <laughs> I think this beer might as well. Uh, it's from Grist House Brewery, um, and they're in Pittsburgh. We visited here on our trip this summer, this past summer, and uh, 
Unfortunately, we just stopped in to pick up beer. This looked like a really awesome spot. Another Pittsburgh brewery misfire. <laughs> I, 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 I'll apologize again. I apologize in the season premiere. We missed out on Aslan. We missed out on Grist House. It's, it was a really cool spot, man. The place was packed. There was music and vibrancy and a long list of beers that we did not get to try. Yeah, it looked awesome. They have a huge patio, a very big um, like main room as well. They have a lot of organization with food trucks too, so bringing food in there all the time. This is a place if you go to Pittsburgh, make sure you make some time to go and try some beers here and have some fun because it's a really cool spot. We've tried a couple of their beers. I really like the one IPA, and we also shared a sour. Had some fruit sour, yeah. The pomegranate, orange, guava, the pog they call it, right? That's what everyone's calling that combination these days. And it was very, very delicious. So hopefully this is just as good. And yeah, like Noel said, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, it's technically a little bit outside of the main part of the city, but a short drive if you're downtown and, uh, you know, really cool spot. Check it out if you're in town. Want to crack into this one? Oh my God! Yes, let's, let's do it. Get it. Black is my heart. So after the Orion Pictures logo, I bet they wish they could take this one back. We get a shot of space and some fairly generic synth music. The camera tilts down to reveal what appears to be Saturn, followed closely by a desert planet or perhaps moon. And what do we see milling around the surface of that planet? Life forms. Incredibly unrealistic, shitty-looking life forms. <laughs> Oh my god, they are awful. They just look almost like dolls that have no clothing on them and are the color of earth. Like they are the most beige brown nondescript things you could ever imagine. I wouldn't say nondescript. They do have fucking like alien heads that are virtually immobile and have very little room for facial expression or anything else. Yeah, the mass that they created that they put on the poor puppeteers or actors in these things do not give the option for expression, which means that all of the emotional weight when they're on the screen has to be brought by music. It's hilarious. Like they have to play the most overdone sound behind them Alan Silvestri is going to be is rolling over his grave. This is an Alan Silvestri movie. Yeah, yeah, he's the only name I recognize in the entire fucking thing. Our old friend Alan Silvestri from Back to the Future Part 2. I feel like he got mixed reviews from... Or no, we both love the Back to the Future theme song. Yeah, there's actually some music in here that I felt was Back to the future E, so it doesn't surprise me that he's sort of borrowing from that a little bit. I mean, it was definitely reminiscent of at least one movie from the 80s that I can think of. But, uh, <laughs> just incredibly <laughs> shitty looking. And speaking of shitty looking, a pro arrives and lands on the planet let the shenanigans begin the aliens throw some rocks at it poke it with sticks touch it and get shocked they are clearly in awe of this advanced technology imagine the opening scene from 2001 a space odyssey only if stanley kubrick's parents were related <laughs> wow shots fired here um this is terrible it's awful this is an american probe of course right we've got uh, nasa it's it, the yeah, nasa logo yeah no i think it just has an american flag on it It says nasa i'm 100 percent sure. really okay i will stake my reputation on it. they're clearly in a desert this does not at all look like they're on a planet it looks like they're filming in arizona or like maybe california or a sound stage with a bunch of sand yeah it's yeah. it's real bad so this is a family of extraterrestrials. There's a mom and a dad. Not that we can tell because they have no genitals. <laughs> They're completely naked, yeah. but you you can't tell except for by the way they behave. Later on, though, I believe the uh, Earth people refer to them as like Max father or Max mom or something. Yeah. They kind of let the baby alien free range here. This is the 80s where children kind of get to go do what they want. So this baby alien is just playing around with the 
rover, then what happens to it? Well, wouldn't you know it, one of the appendages that comes off this probe is a big vacuum tube, and it just happens to suck up the entire family of aliens, which causes the probe to start sparking, smoking, and falling apart. But despite this clear structural damage, the probe is still somehow able to take off and return to Earth. And thank goodness for that, or else our planet would never get to meet Great Value E.T. <laughs> My God, when this vacuum starts sucking them in, it's just baffling to me. I was yelling. I was so angry that yeah. this fucking vacuum transforms these aliens somehow into like lines. They that become go liquid. Of it. They're like yeah. all of a sudden they're just getting sucked up in this. It makes no sense. So their state can change. These aliens don't have to be solid apparently. So they get sucked up in the vacuum. We also saw earlier when the like little baby alien Mac, who later gets named, um, touches it sparks happen like you said all kinds of sparks happen it seems like these aliens have some kind of electrical power to them yeah i didn't put that together here it was only later i realized that here i thought they touched it and it just like sparked because they fucking dug their hands in there or something okay uh so you thought it was just sort of like because they got sucked in it was having a reaction i think it was actually their power that kind of got it launched off um, and then the probe used its own sort of, I guess, controls to head back to Earth here. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. But this is all real bullshit. Oh, yeah, that's putting it mildly. Yeah. Um, it does return to Earth, though, like you said, and a team of scientists analyze the probe in our next scene, and I'm truly baffled that they have no idea what's happened here. Like, we see a camera attached to this thing on the planet's surface, and the aliens walk right up to it before getting sucked in, but all the scientists are like, The gross weight discrepancy is still there. Recheck the pre-stat. I've given it the auto test. I've given it the manual test. It's, it's still there. All right, let me see. Yeah, I was wondering whether that scene was filmed first or something. Like, they had missed that part of the plot. I'm not yeah. sure. Or maybe the camera is not good enough or it was blurry. So they it, didn't it get a good shot. must see these fucking things walk up. I don't know. You would have assumed because they even go and, like, touch it and poke the camera. So yes. they should have evidence that there are aliens on board or around it. But they don't at all seem like there's a problem. Other than the guys being in sort of suits that protect them from things that come out. Well, of course you're going to have guys in hazmat suits if you're examining something that touched down on an alien planet. But they eventually figure out what's happening when one guy unscrews a panel and a sudden burst of energy causes it to fly open. Smoke fills the room as the blinding blue light shines out of the probe and we see the smallest alien emerge. Then we see that same alien from the waist up gliding towards the camera from across the room. So I guess he found a skateboard in there or something. This thing is not <laughs> running or walking. It's just sliding across. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I was wondering how... They did much of the effects. Like, I think it's actors in in <laughs> for the for the parents. Yes, for the parents. actors in costumes. The little one is clearly like a doll. He's a puppet or doll. They're like, they're like pulling moving. around yeah, or yeah, whatever. It's yeah. real bad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so they've made it really smoky, and they're trying to make this kind of dramatic. I guess for a children's movie, this could be spooky or scary at the time if you're worried about what's coming out. But we've seen that this alien family is not menacing. Like they seem quite friendly based on that interaction we saw. Uh, earlier, so I don't know why they're trying to make them scary. I guess they're trying to make the government's actions like explainable here. Uh, I mean, I guess I think most times the government will err on the side of caution, but yeah, these aliens look totally harmless. Like they don't look menacing. They have this kind of soft, round face, and like I don't we're know. not getting an alien or a predator here, right? There's nothing no. like violent or scary. We're not getting the Starship Troopers aliens. This is none of that stuff. No, man. Even when the rest of the family emerges shortly after that, one of them kind of walks up to the glass of the lab's control room and it shatters. 
but no one seems particularly alarmed by this. The alien family staggers in the hallway emitting a kind of whistling sound, but that smallest one has been separated from them, and after a giant bay door opens, he steps outside the lab to immediately be confronted by a whole bunch of cops and or military personnel. He makes a run for it and tries to climb a fence, but it's an electric fence, see? And uh, I'll let you explain the effects that we get here. See, I don't think it was electric fence. I think it was a regular fence that when he touches it, it sparks. Oh. Because of his electric fingers. That's also why the dad shattered the glass. What happens, though, is really fucked up. He kind of stretches out and his eyes bulge in, like, a really grotesque claymation effect, I think. I don't think it was claymation. You think it was, like, an animation effect? I'm 99% sure this is just a stretchy rubber prop they've got tied to the fence <laughs> with, like, a gaffer pulling the legs to stretch it out. It's it literally be, a Stretch Armstrong effect. It might be. It looks like Stretch Armstrong. So he, he gets pulled, and we have some really silly shit. Then all of a sudden, he kind of rolls into a ball. I think it's because a helicopter's landing behind him and kind of pushing him. And it turns him into a projectile, basically. He rolls his way onto a freeway and, like, bug splats onto a windshield. <laughs> See, I thought it was when he finally got separated from the feds. Like, he's all stretched out. It's like an elastic effect because it sends him flying uh, backwards. Okay, maybe it was the elastic effect. It was hard. There was so much going on at this scene, and it was such nonsense. I was struggling. Well, here's what's nonsense. He runs one way. There's a giant fence. But when he springs back the other way, not only is that section unfenced, but apparently it also leads to a major highway. Right. Right onto it. He launches yeah. himself right onto this highway. And I don't know how much money this movie lost, but I know where they lost it. It's in this next sequence. <laughs> the car crash sequence. sequence. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So the alien splats and the people driving the car obviously are concerned and freak out. Uh, they start swerving around, and it creates a chain reaction accident here. Oh, my God, yeah. After literally causing a multi-car pileup, the alien wisely runs away from the uh, ginger kid whose windshield he landed on and instead sneaks into the van of a different family, the Cruz family, and they're the ones we'll be spending the rest of this movie with. The alien quickly stows away, and we get more shenanigans as he steals little Eric's Coke and drinks it, which, I should note, will not be our last example of product placement in this movie. Holy fuck. Like... I'm pretty sure that this movie was mostly paid for by McDonald's and Coca-Cola. Yeah, it's gotta be, right? I watched the trailer for this film, and the trailer prominently features Ronald McDonald. Well, I mean, not to spoil what happens later, but Ronald, Ronald McDonald does make <laughs> he an, makes appearance, an appearance. And I he know. plays a fairly prominent role. <laughs> uh, well, the next morning, the family is still driving, and we find out that the reason for this lengthy trip is that they're moving to a new home in California. It seems like part of this relocation might have to do with the fact that Eric is in a wheelchair. His mom takes him on a tour of the house and tells him, Did you notice, my dear, that there is not one step in the entire place? Low counters, wide hallways, and you can see out of every window. And baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. Which, by the way, is a complete lie. There is a normal height window in his bedroom. She even gestures towards it, talking about seeing the sunrise over the mountains. He's never going to see those mountains. <laughs> Oh I'm serious. God, yeah. He's like well uh, below the window line. She said he can see out of every window. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I, <laughs> I that angered me. I don't know how. Uh, yeah, really I, know. I didn't take too much focus on her description of the house. Seemed like a pretty nice open concept house with like a large backyard. The thing that I had the most problem with is that the backyard was on a fucking cliff. Well, we'll get to that when yeah, we get yeah, to it. Go back it it's it's yeah. a little disorienting. Um, all of the boxes and furniture being moved in and out is the perfect cover for our alien stowaway to sneak in, which he does. We see him moving from room to room. Never his legs, though, as they definitely don't have the capacity to move the legs of the animatronic or puppet or whatever the fuck this thing is. <laughs> you could easily say the biggest complaint about this movie is how prominent a role 
the little baby character this plays. stationary fucking yeah. doll plays. And yeah. how poor that sort of creation is. Clearly, Henson did not have a part in this movie. No, they couldn't get Jim Henson. They got his fucking uh, less skilled younger brother, Tim Henson. <laughs> Tim fucked this. Tim, Tim <laughs> fucked this up. He did his best job, but he God fucked it. God damn it, Tim. <laughs> oh, man. It's really bad. This whole section here where the alien is kind of being goofy and running around... Definitely made me think back to E.T. Like, this is, like, that moment where, like, the family is going to discover it, but they're not really going to believe, and the child is going to be the only one who knows it. Like That's exactly what happens. Yeah. This is a complete ripoff. You know that all of that is coming, right? And it's such a struggle. Uh, there were times in this movie where I was expecting him and the alien to take off on a bike, and I was like, oh, my God. It almost happens. Yeah, I know. It gets Holy real close. Shit. Yeah. Uh, after nearly tipping off Eric's brother, Michael, that is there by making his trademark whistling sound, we get to learn more about the alien in another scene in Eric's bedroom. It's standing totally still, of course, because, again, legs. But when Eric's remote control car gets close enough for it to reach out and touch, it shocks the car and sends it into a frenzy. And that's where I realized that it was the aliens that shocked the probe, not the other way around. Hey, I wonder if these special powers will come in handy later. What do you think? Uh, there's no chance. They would never be building Seems to something. Seems unlikely, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. There's, there's no possibility that being able to electrify something could come back and help in a later situation that's key for everyone leaving the theater not crying. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Eric is setting up his TV and enjoying a tuna sandwich in our next scene when he hears the shower go on in his bathroom. He heads in there to find it all steamed up but doesn't actually see anything other than some strange wet footprints on the floor. Eric follows these footprints to the fridge where something jumps out and runs away faster than you can see it. He continues the hunt by heading outside where he officially meets his next door neighbor who is a little girl named Debbie. She's got questions but Eric isn't sure what he's dealing with here so he decides to play it real cool in order to not arouse suspicion. You looking for your friend? Yeah. He went down the hill. Did you get a good look at him? Yeah, he's real cute. What did he look like? He's your friend and you don't even know what he looks like? I was just kidding. He's my brother. Nailed it. <laughs> Way to go, kid. <laughs> like, fuck, man. I mean, the child acting in this movie... Oh is of the lowest kind I think I've ever seen. <laughs> it is. Debbie and Eric are both awful actors. Yeah. It's just fucking shit. See, earlier you said the creature effects the worst part of this. I think the child acting might actually be worse. <laughs> it's true. It might be you worse. better acting from that stationary uh, fucking alien doll. Sorry, Tim Henson. We, we kind of <laughs> shit on you a little hard here. <laughs> Whoever cast these people, they deserve the real heat in this shit. God damn. Yeah, they're real bad. I agree. So as we know, the alien has already made a mess, and the cruises aren't even finished unpacking yet. Eric tells his mom and brother that he saw something strange in his room, but of course they don't believe him, like you said. And the next morning, we see the alien has made an even bigger mess, partly by using power tools that absolutely would have woken up Eric's mom and brother. But it doesn't, and when she finally does wake up, she blames all of this on Eric, which is insane. He's in a wheelchair. He couldn't have done half those things. What is she thinking? Are you being an ableist right now? Dude, <laughs> several like giant items, heavy rocks yeah, and no, plants yeah, are moved yeah. into the house. There's no fucking way. I'm just being an asshole to you, which is appropriate. Yeah. Um, it is insane, right? So the creature, uh, our alien, our little alien has recreated almost the desert inside here, brought in a bunch of flowers and redecorated 
Also played with some power tools, put holes through the wall with a, a giant drill, and also cut a hole in the front door with a, like, circular saw. Nobody wakes up. No, not no. everyone's sleeping. Um, and somehow it's the kid's fault. Here we're about to get the worst acted section by mother and older brother as they come out and get angry at Eric, the small boy. Yeah, but I again, like, worst acted. Every scene is the worst acted scene. It is piled on. It's terrible. But here where they, like, blame him for doing this, and then she's like, I can't even, and she goes back to bed you're like oh that's some good mom right there <laughs> it is a little absurd uh, i forgot to mention that we also got a quick scene in here where the alien whistles into the night and somewhere across the earth his family hears him and whistles back which seems sweet but after getting yelled at that morning by his mom eric heads outside where he hears the aliens whistling and it causes him to get a little too close to the hill which is what launches us into the famous hill scene and i want to be very clear about this a kid losing control of his wheelchair, rolling down a hill and like off a cliff, then landing in a lake where he will surely drown would not be funny if it happened in real life. And yet, <laughs> this is somehow the most hilarious part of this movie. Oh my God. So this is what I brought up earlier. One, when your child is in a wheelchair, why would you purchase a house that has a giant hill that leads off of a cliff behind it? Well, okay, I know what you're saying, but there is a reason for them to be on top of the hill, and it comes up later. It's easier for him to escape. Well, uh, on, the, on the actual officers. safe routes, it's easier for him to travel. Except for going back up that hill would be a fucking I wondered nightmare. about that, too, and it comes up later. I'm like, how does he get back up there? Well, you have fine. to push yourself. The guy would be jacked. I mean, I guess it would be a good exercise routine for him. As we he's see growing. an exercise yeah. scene later. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, so, I don't so, know. I don't know. Maybe, but it just seems like a questionable place. So his brother and mom are angry at him and he wheels out. And what I'm wondering here is like, is he running away or wheeling away? Like, is this him like sad? You said it was because he heard the whistle and he no, was curious. Once he's right? outside, he hears the whistle. Yeah. I think he wants to find the proof. He wants to find the alien and prove that this is really a thing. Okay. And so he goes to the edge of this hill and he's looking down and he's kind of contemplating life but it also seems like he's like ready to let go he's like for a minute <laughs> Wait a second. for a minute i thought he was gonna roll himself off with the way that they have the music oh my and the god sadness, i'm like is this kid about to throw himself down the hill um <laughs> you know what hang on i i'm incredulous right now but considering the turn this movie takes later maybe you're right <laughs> maybe the screenwriters are like and this is where he thinks about killing himself because shit gets crazy dark later and maybe yeah maybe that is it It kind of felt like that with the way that they had the musical accompaniment and the the like little arts that he's sitting under and contemplating life after his mother and brother all yelled at him i was like oh my god this is fucking dark isn't this supposed to be a kid's movie you got no idea what's coming at this point uh, I, I had no yeah. idea he does start wheeling towards the sound but unfortunately he loses control Control and his brake snaps and he just plummets i had no idea that this wasn't going to end in him like rolling down a hill and stopping at the end that's the part that kills me the cliff he's suddenly just free falling through like a hundred feet of air all without leaving his wheelchair right in the lake and he's done for well except for it's clearly not him obviously you wouldn't ride a child off there but the no it's like a dummy the a, dummy they yeah. put on there does not at all look real like no. they failed incredibly in that but he would have come out of the wheelchair he's not strapped in we never see him so strapped well, they in. strapped the dummy in well of course the dummy <laughs> is strapped in but he's not strapped in no, there's zero percent chance he would stick that landing. down he's he's struggling in the water debbie sees all of this so she starts yelling for help his little friend 
But help's not coming fast enough. So who needs to jump into action here to save our Eric character? <laughs> well, well, of course, we know who that's going to be. I mentioned a second ago that he's done for when he hits the water. He would be if the alien didn't spring into action. And by that, I mean if some crew member didn't toss the alien puppet in the water so it could save Eric's life by pushing him back up onto shore. And all I could think of is, how is he still in the wheelchair? This thing pushes up the wheelchair and he's in it. There's no fucking way. Oh, my God, you're right. Like, he was swimming while, like, he was treading water for a little bit. There's no way he's attached to the wheelchair while he's he treading water. He couldn't support the weight of the no, wheelchair by, no. by his fucking little kid arms? He would have went down immediately. So I'm not sure how the puppet gets him and the wheelchair out simultaneously. How about the alien jumping in, though? Oh, my God. It's just stationary. It's probably the worst shot in the movie, and I've said that, like, several <laughs> times. That tells you how good the shots are in this movie. But it basically does a belly flop splash, and then clearly someone with, like, a string is pulling it through the water because its limbs aren't moving as it swims. It is a stationary object moving through the water, and it is absolutely absurd. Tim Hansen, genius at work. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it was like going home for Tim and Jim? And uh, they just, everyone loved on Jim. And Dude. Tim is like, <laughs> Tim would have wheeled himself off that cliff, I think. If was God damn. I, I have so many questions about this movie getting made and getting to like the complete process. And I'll mention this at the end when we talk about our ratings. But God damn. Uh, well... Uh, he's safe now, and uh, his mom spots him, and they call for help and get Eric out of there. And it seems like he's going to be fine, which is more than I can say for the acting we get when Debbie comes in to check on him. Why didn't you tell him that you saw him? Because nobody would believe it. What is he, some sort of ghost? I don't know what he is. You should back me up. It wouldn't do any good. This isn't exactly the kid version of Pacino and De Niro in Heat, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's asking for a lot. Yeah. He's a pretty good movie, and those are pretty uh, seasoned actors. Um, Fuck, these kids are terrible. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. He's laying in bed. People are visiting him. Mom thinks he's doing this on purpose. Mom thinks something's wrong here. It's an attention thing or a cry for help. Yeah. They've, they've just moved, right? They moved from Illinois to California. Maybe all of this is a lot for our Eric character. She even calls in a doctor. He thinks he's faking it, too. Yeah, he does offer... But Eric's to... like, why don't you just ask Debbie, which is a great question. The doctor's like, I'll see you later, Eric. Like, yeah. just fucking ask well, the girl. Well, he offers him sedatives first. He <laughs> tries to fucking <laughs> drug him out. He's, yeah. The doctor's like, there's nothing wrong with this kid, but the mom's not going to take no for an answer, so I'm just going to drug him up and let him sleep for a while. After Debbie comes, so does her older sister here. Oh, my God, man. What the fuck is this? This fucking meet cute between Big Brother Michael and Debbie's older sister. This is pretty terrible, too, but it looks like fucking Shakespeare compared to these two kids. <laughs> <laughs> so Debbie's older sister comes. Do you remember her name? Uh, I don't. Christine or something? Karen? Karen. Who I don't know. So Debbie's older sister comes. She's in her McDonald's outfit because she's an employee of McDonald's. Of course. Uh, big brother to Eric is there, and he's like, why didn't you tell me about her? Well, of course, he's the same fucking age. This encounter scores Eric an invitation to Debbie's friend's birthday party, which, and they make this very clear, is being held at McDonald's. <laughs> Get ready to hear a lot more of that, man. <laughs> yeah. Older bro is down to take younger brother to this, so he can get his Mac on. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. After a straight padding scene where Michael and Eric drop their mom off at her new job, we jump ahead to our next ridiculous sequence, which is Eric setting a series of traps to try to catch the alien. 
He's using Coke as bait, of course. Although I don't think he knows the alien loves it, but whatever. Uh, this pays off immediately, and Eric and Debbie, who snuck in through his bedroom window to help, jump out of the closet and fire up the vacuum cleaner, which sucks the alien up, much like the part of the space probe did earlier. Except, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric wasn't in fucking space. He didn't see that. Why does he think this will work? I have no idea. I don't understand why he thinks that you can suck up a solid object into a vacuum. That is much bigger than the end of the vacuum. Yeah. Was. No, I don't understand. He notices straws all over, which is why I think he goes for the, like, drink angle, why he tries to set the trap with it. But how he knows that Coke is going to be the thing that drags them here is interesting. Well, all of this happening, we're also getting shots of the Mac creature's family just wandering the desert, pretty much dying. Well, it's hard to survive in the desert, and they're aliens. But why would they head out? And they to don't the have any fucking coke. Desert and yeah, like why would they're they? They're from a desert planet, as you point out. Though it's also in California. There's a lot of fucking desert in California. It's true. When you run away from the military, I'm sure it was kind of remote. But beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, right? I know, but it's going really bad for them. You think they would use some of their like abilities to find food? I don't know. They just don't know where it is. Maybe going back to the vacuum thing. Uh, this does work inexplicably yeah they suck up mac they do and if you like slapstick comedy have i got a scene for you oh my god <laughs> i should note that we actually do see the alien's legs move here not in a way that could credibly propel it or support its weight but still and this is also where eric names the alien mac which it turns out is an acronym it stands for mysterious alien creature or so mcdonald's would have us believe <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely related to uh, Big Mac. Hundred percent. Sure. I guarantee you, McDonald's paid for a large portion of this movie. They were like, "We will give you a shit ton of money if you keep working us in." How do you feel the other fast food chains felt about this? Do you think great that after this came out, they were probably like, <laughs> "Fuck, we were right." Uh, fucking Wendy's and Sonic and Jack in the Box were just fucking high fiving. We did it. They had a work <laughs> after this. Thank, this God, thank God we did not put money into that. Oh man. Uh, so Eric's got his proof now. The alien is real and is trapped in the family vacuum cleaner. Well, it was trapped, but he sets it free. And Mac is so happy that it completely fixes up their house by the next morning. When Eric's mom wakes up and sees this, she's thrilled and assumes her two sons are the ones who did it, but they give credit where it's due here. We didn't do it, Mom. He came back. Come on. Are you telling me this thing came in and cleaned up the house? Well, think about it. Would we do something like this? Say what you will about these characters. They're self-aware. This was the most believable thing that they've said the entire movie. Yeah, that teenager's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm lazy. What of it? Yeah, I wouldn't have fucking been able to do <laughs> no this, chance. Mom. Yeah, yeah you're what on the your hell own, are you talking about? Yeah. I'm too busy macking. Like, I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the fun all night with fucking Debbie's sister. He was, which was hilarious. <laughs> he was yeah. talking to her, yeah. Oh, my God. I love scenes of that. It just seems so dated now, right? Like, you would not remind you of, like, your high school years, though? This is fucking, this is the year that we grew up in. No, not the 80s, but, like, that That was still a thing. Calling a lady on the phone. And, and just having a conversation. A yeah. dumb fucking conversation for like hours and hours you talked yeah. about nothing yeah nothing it's slowly transitioned to msm you hang and icq no you hang up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh god man takes me back after another cross-country whistling and hand gestures interlude from the alien family eric and his mom go for a jog downhill obviously and not wanting to miss out mac jumps in some kids power wheels and tries to join them i say tries because he ends up getting chased and subsequently treed by literally every dog in the neighborhood and that's where he stays as eric and mom keep right on rolling all to a song called take me i'll follow you this scene is weird and long and completely unnecessary. Like, I thought the point was to get the alien out of the house for what happens in our next scene. But once we move to that, it's literally right back in there. So total padding. <laughs> 
they had a hill and they wanted to use it, right? They wanted to get this kid rolling down it. How he gets back up, I don't know. His That's mom probably tough. fucking pushes him. It's leg day for her. Yeah, she's really trying to get yeah. her work on. Um, we get to see Mac, the little alien uh, doll, fucking torching in that thing. It was moving super fucking While fast. While 17 dogs chase it barking. Yeah. He crashes it down a hill, but thankfully for him, lands in the top of a tree. How he gets out of there is a fucking mystery to me. I'm assuming the dog's owners all eventually come and like bring them back to the house. They don't see the alien in the top of the fucking tree. It wasn't like it was a well-lead <laughs> tree. You weren't hiding in there. All of them would have fucking called the authorities on that fucking alien. Yeah. It's I don't I don't know how he gets back to the house, but Maybe we transition. He up and pretends to be a beehive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Hornet's nest? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. So we transition back to the house here and Max back despite him having that crash and a, a, a thousand dogs chasing him. That's true, but I don't know when this scene is happening. I don't know if it's later that day or maybe the next day, but the Department of Water and Power says to check some boxes after a mysterious power outage the night before. There's also a couple of guys in suits, one of whom Michael recognizes as the guy who was checking cars the night the aliens escaped. So they are closing in here, which is bad news for Mac. And not only that, he's not looking too good. We know that because we see the alien blowing its nose with a big pile of Kleenex. Yeah, I wondered if he was hitting puberty, actually, based on the amount of Kleenex around him. Was oh, the... <laughs> come on, man. No. It's a kid's movie. The alien's not fucking off. Well, I don't know. He's just exploring himself as he is exploring Earth. Um, you got an adrenaline boner from those dogs? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he is definitely feeling a bit homesick and a bit sick from not seeing his family. And that's coming out in physical effects. He does have that Kleenex. And we're getting like tears and a runny nose on this puppet. It's pretty bad. He also sets up some weird like straw memorial on the coffee table he's trying to communicate to the family right those straws with the flowers in them are trying to communicate where his family is he's been leaving little messages and we know he's been communicating through those nightly whistles he's trying to tell his new family where his parents and sister are and they haven't figured it out yet but we know after a strange interlude at mcdonald's it's probably going to happen Yes, it is time for us to head to McDonald's. Eric wants to stay with Mac, but he's due at that birthday party he and Debbie are supposed to go to. Luckily, he's got a plan, though. He disguises Mac as a teddy bear to sneak him out. So after almost an hour of dancing around it, we are just going full-blown E.T. at this point. Yeah. It's well, I don't even dancing around it is being kind to this movie, yeah, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> but this is the most egregious. Like, we're just running this back. Yeah, they disguise him, they sneak him out past the guys in suits. Uh, those guys decide to tail them after all, though, and we know where they're going, McDonald's, which features up-tempo party music, a guy in a Ronald McDonald costume, an entire football team, and a choreographed dance that involves literally everyone in the restaurant. You know, like all McDonald's. Is this what McDonald's is trying to sell as what it's like to go get a burger there? They're trying to sell disappointment? I went to a bunch of McDonald's in the 80s. None of them had this fucking shit going on. This was fucked. The party is fucking popping in this McDonald's. And it was amazing. Actually, what was hilarious was this was probably my favorite part in the movie. And it made no <laughs> sense being that. I fucking loved this dance-off, like, sweet, like, 80s music to them just tearing it down. Ronald yeah. McDonald getting in it. We have this Teddy costume, and it's actually more believable than the alien costume. Okay, well, when I said the dance involved literally everyone, I wasn't kidding. In addition to Ronald McDonald and the football team busting a move, the fucking alien flips up onto the counter and starts dancing. Now, this would normally be impossible since the animatronic and or puppet technology they've been using is so shitty, 
But since it's disguised as an oversized teddy bear, this put a kid or a dwarf or something in there so it can actually move its legs. There is one catch, though. You have to ignore the fact that the alien's legs are suddenly three times as long as they normally are. You know, that and all the fucking movement. <laughs> but I must say the choreography and the actual dance sequence here is pretty fun. <laughs> it's I'm a like, good time, yeah. It feels like I am at a musical theater. Like, we have a musical theater interlude here for no fucking reason. But it's kind of fantastic. It's my favorite part. Like you said, the teddy bear Mac dancing on the counter is clearly not the puppet we've seen oh, the entire fuck, time. Not even close. Not even close, but... He is going off and having a fun time. Um, it's so interesting here. So this great time at McDonald's is happening, but who's coming to bust it up? Well, the guys in the suits are there, of course. They see this. They know what's up. So they try to grab Mac, take him back to the lab. But he jumps into Eric's wheelchair, and they get out of there while these guys chase after them. Now, you won't believe it, but this McDonald's also happens to have a long downhill road right beside it. So Eric is able to build up quite a bit of speed here. But you know who else is building up speed? The guys in suits. These motherfuckers are outrunning cars. How are they doing this? <laughs> so this McDonald's happens to be on the top of a fucking it's hill. Got, everywhere they go is on top of a hill. It's they, the most accessible cinematic universe ever. So he, he flies down. He actually goes over. Over some shrubs and shit and lands on a road and keeps going down. Like you said, these guys are keeping up with him while he's on his wheelchair and even passing cars. It's pretty insane. This is all happening to Back to the Future 2 music. It's, oh, I thought it was E.T. music. And this is where I thought at one point he's heading in the hill. There's like, a, there's like a fucking wall there. I'm like, this is where the wheelchair is going to launch into the air and go past the, what was daytime? Go past the sun, maybe. I'm like, this is, we're in rip-off territory now. But it doesn't quite happen. I thought it was going to happen, too, just the way that they were rolling down. I thought that wheelchair was going to take off, and then he and the alien were going to float to safety. Instead, though, they head to Sears. Well, I swear when they come out of here in a couple minutes, the door for Sears is across like the way. So I don't think they're in Sears, but whatever. With what must be fucking Terminators chasing them, Eric has to find somewhere to hide. So he decides to duck into the apartment store where his mom works. This allows Mac to trip up the guys in suits by activating some remote control cars in the toy section with his shock powers. And before you know it, Eric has them back on the streets where his brother, Debbie, and Debbie's older sister are waiting to scoop them up into the van and escape. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say about this sequence. You know what? It took an hour to get here. Like, this movie built real fucking slow. It's it's like an hour and, like, 40 minutes, this bad boy. Don't worry. It's going to pick up a lot in a second. I've already lost one of two children at this point. <laughs> they didn't make it through? No, no. They missed the best I parts know. of this, man. Yeah, my son oh. was like, fuck, this sucks. I'm out of here. You should have called him back in a couple minutes. He didn't make it to this far. He was like, I'm done. My daughter had started building Lego while watching just to, like, not lose her mind. Um, but things start getting exciting here. They do a sweet kind of drive-by with the Volkswagen van, and they do scoop up both the alien Literally. and Eric. Reaches out and grabs the wheelchair. What a strong to... fucking older brother to pull a guy <laughs> into a moving van while he's in a wheelchair. Like, that was pretty cool. That must have impressed Debbie's sister. She eh? got a little I think, oh. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so they're on their way to save our little alien dude. And you know what? They're going to drive out of the city to keep him safe. But while they do, they start to recognize some of the signs or messages being left out by little Mac. Well, that's the thing. Eric has figured out that Mac has been communicating with his family. So they decide to reunite them. And these kids hit the road for what could be a long multi-state drive. 
Nope. Turns out his family is like 50 minutes away by some fucking wind farm. <laughs> They're in the car for like three minutes. I know. I was wondering whether there was like a lot of time between here. Like, was there a cut and they had actually driven for several hours or did they show Didn't up? Didn't seem like it. They actually had a pretty good 80s banger on while they were doing this driving away. <laughs> I was like kind of like the the sweet ballads that are coming in and the music here. It almost felt montage-esque, but not quite. And then they realize we're near the whistles. Little Mac recognizes that he's near home too. And he starts to point and they get off the road and drive with some horses. Oh, yeah. And this is where everyone else gets to see Mac's long distance whistling in action. What's he doing? He's communicating. That's it. And just like that, he knows his family's exact location. Turns out they're in that old abandoned mine from Dante's Peak. <laughs> the one that saved uh, Pierce yeah, Brosnan. And now yeah. it's saving this alien family. Yeah, it really is. Although they're not in good shape when they get there. No, my God. They're very sick, just like he was earlier. I guess when aliens come to Earth, they get sick. Where have I seen that before? <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> oh, if it's signs, I'm going to fight you. Fucking no, it's fucking E.T. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. I know. Oh, luckily, oh. Max's family quickly gets revived after Michael and Eric crack a couple of cans of Coke and pass them around. I would have lost money on that. I assume they'd be woken up by the smell of McDonald's fries or something. Uh, don't worry. That's where they went next. That's they just fed them <laughs> full of filet of fishes after that. <laughs> no, they didn't. Well, the uh, at this point, the alien family is reunited. But if they want to make it back to their home planet, they're going to need a spaceship. So now the real road trip is about to start. But as everyone knows, if you're going on a road trip, you'll need gas and snacks. So Michael pulls the van into a nearby service station where several things quickly go wrong. Inexplicably, everyone decides to get out of the van and leave the aliens inside, which is bad because it turns out they aren't great at sitting still. And sure enough, Mac's entire family exits the van and wanders into a nearby supermarket where shit gets fucking insane. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this whole section is a lot and it happens fast. I wish we'd had some of this earlier, right? The build was really long and now we're getting insane. The manager of the store gets angry and calls over his security guard who immediately pulls a gun. What's amazing here though is that Papa Alien disarms him in like a matter of <laughs> seconds and now it, Papa Alien is waving around a revolver and this does not look good. Oh my god, all hell breaks loose, man. A fuck ton of cops show up, the sheriff's department is outside and they drag Eric, Michael, Debbie and her sister out of there. These cops are locked and loaded behind their squad cars, but when the aliens come casually strolling out with a box full of groceries, there's about 30 seconds where it looks like maybe they're going to let them go. They're not going to hurt anyone! They're not going to no, but They're as soon not going to hurt anyone. <laughs> but as soon as they get close to the van, everyone starts shooting. Meanwhile, Eric has desperately wheeled out to try to talk to the aliens. And when the police shooting causes the van to explode, you must have loved that. He appears to get injured. But hold on. He's not injured. He's dead. Fucking dead. <laughs> they killed the kid in the wheelchair. What is going on right now? Oh my god, this whole scene. So the aliens make their way back to the van after being there and escaping All they're the doing is carrying their groceries. They, they head over there with their groceries, and for no reason other than the fact that the alien's holding a revolver, the entire military and police force let loose, and this explosion is fucking bullshit. Okay, I thought that too, because it's massive. 
but they left the van at the gas station, right? I'm assuming this caused like the pumps to explode. There's no other reason the why there'd be so much. The whole gas station explodes. Yes. Yeah. It blows up the pump, it blows Whoa. up the van, and then the entire gas station goes up in a massive explosion. It's a fucking inferno. Our friend Eric in the wheelchair is like 50 feet away from this. He'd wheeled towards it, but he clearly is not in the fire, and yet the explosion of it fucking kills him. Okay, do you want to hear something that's going to blow your mind? Yes. There is an alternate ending to this movie that was the original ending, and they had to change it. What? But you can find it online, and it showed up in the Japanese DVD version of this. He's already slouched over in the wheelchair, right? Because in the version they filmed, he gets shot, he gets shot by one of the cops. Oh, he, my He wheels God. out there to try and save the aliens. A cop runs out to try and grab him trips and falls and fucking puts a bullet like through his chest the cop shoots him and he's fucking dead this was rumored for years and finally got confirmed who the fuck came up with this idea oh my god i mean that would run like parallel to the way that cops are treated in every fucking this is movie why i asked watched, you in right? america yeah i'm like this is oh a thing god but fuck me they had the cops shoot the kid i mean this is a kid's movie what are they doing it's more likely that the guns would kill him than this fucking explosion well he is very far away from the explosion yeah either way the fact that they kill him is insane this is a child movie well what's hilarious is well i hilarious is pretty rough at this point that's maybe not the word choice <laughs> I, I would like say what i found really strange was Debbie's older sister runs out there and wheels him back, right? She gets him out there, and immediately a doctor shows up. And without doing any CPR or any kind of medical help, he's like, he's fucking gone. Pronounce him dead, yeah. He pronounces him dead before he even tries to help him. There is no chance that a medical professional would do this. Yeah, maybe you run some tests. I don't There's know. no world where you don't <laughs> attempt CPR or you attempt to stop the bleeding from the gunshot or whatever it is, right? Well, unless the gunshot is fucking dead center mass. It's like gone through his heart. I guess, maybe. But you would have attempted something. He just declares him dead. And now we get the tears. Now we're getting the fucking waterworks section. Oh, God, yes. Shit has gone sideways here. Everyone's crying. And right then a helicopter shows up with the guys in suits inside and Eric's mom. She gets out and immediately starts bawling her eyes out over her child when just then something magical happens. And by magical, I mean completely ridiculous. The alien family somehow emerges from the flames and walks over to where everyone is without getting shot more. They basically make a prayer circle around Eric's body, make their trademark hand gesture and whistle some more, then shoot light from their fingers into his corpse. His body levitates for a moment before returning to the ground. And in case it wasn't abundantly clear what just happened here, his mom lets us know that he is now all right. This doesn't even come close to erasing the last five minutes of trauma for any kids watching this movie, but still, no longer dead. <laughs> you know what's funny? I did, so my son didn't make it to this part, but my daughter and I did watch it out. And she was like, after the explosion and the doctor calls him dead, she's like, the aliens are going to save him. Oh, nailed it. A hundred percent. She called it out way before. Well, imagine if they didn't. This is a child yeah, movie. Yeah, I was like, there's no way they leave him dead. Did he resurrect after getting shot by the police? Oh, yeah. Everything's the same except he gets shot by the cops. Uh, That's the part they pulled out of this. Interesting. Right? There's no version where he doesn't die. So he, it's just the way he dies, but he definitely yeah. resurrects in 100%. both versions. Okay. Oh, my God. Of course. I think I would have liked the first version better because the explosion certainly shouldn't have killed him. Well, you're notoriously anti-police. I don't think it's fair. That is a very strong statement. defund the police. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, as someone with many police officer friends and family members, do they I, know how you feel about their profession? <laughs> I am very anti-gun, but very pro-police. If that is a strange, I connection. like it. Yeah. yeah, 
Send them out there with whistles like the fucking British police. That'll work. Uh, they get sticks that they can beat the shit out of they people get with. Sticks? <laughs> Not fucking cavemen. Well, just to put a button on this thing, the next day we get a swearing in ceremony for new US citizens. And among the various optimistic faces taking part, we see the fucking alien family. Because not only have they apparently been completely accepted by Earth society mere days after an entire state police force tried to murder them, they've also been formally accepted by the US government. And with that, they drive off towards their new American life. But we do get one more thing of note before we hit the credits. Mac blows a giant cartoon bubblegum bubble that boldly proclaims, we'll be back. And I can honestly say that after sitting through an hour and a half of this dumpster fire, the fact that whoever made this thought a sequel was not only possible, but likely legitimately made me snort. Like if I had been eating or drinking at that moment, I might have choked to death. They're no longer aliens. They're Americans. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which Complete, I thought was dude, fucking hilarious. The fact that everyone else is the same age, this has been days. Maybe a day. This could have been the next day after this fucking shootout happens at the gas station. There's no way. <laughs> I assume that they were like six months to a year out, but you're right. They do look identical to where it's they were still before. far too soon. What man. is hilarious is all of the people in Eric's family are there, but so are the same like American agents who were hunting them down. They also show up for this and they're oh, like the excited. The suits are like, way to know, go, guys. What yeah. the fuck? The we'll be back bubblegum ending was just incredibly laughable. I think it was the time, other than the wheelchair scene and the McDonald's scene, I wasn't laughing oh, yeah. harder than than this. And so fucking bold. Oh, my God. What a heat check that was by the fucking producers of this movie. Whoever wrote that ate a lot of crow. I don't know who it oh was, my but goddamn. God, yes. Yeah, he was full for a fucking year. Oh, fuck. And that's it. We are in the credits. And this thing, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I think back on it now, and it's just so bizarre. Like, never when I started watching this did I assume that we were going to end up where we ended up. It so far surpassed my expectations because it is just wholly unrealistic. And that, I think, is a good segue to lead us into our ratings. The way we always do this, we rate the movie on a scale of 1 to 10 two times. 1 to 10 for how bad it is. 1 to 10 for how enjoyable. And the goal is to find movies that are a 10 out of 10 on both scales, or what we call the... Crit 20. 20, 20, 20. And in case uh, Noel's big sigh there wasn't enough to let you know... uh, (laughs) We have watched a lot of bad movies, and some of them have been honestly, truly, undeniably bad. But this thing is bad on another level. Like, <laughs> I mean, the fact that this was a major motion production, yet it turned out to be this flaming tire fire, is extraordinary to me. I agree. I have so many questions about this. The acting here is just fucking awful. The alien effects are awful. The plot is awful for 80% of this movie. And then it turns completely unfathomable. And that is the best (laughs) word I have to describe this. It is unfathomable to me that someone could come up with the last 20 minutes of this movie. It's unfathomable that someone else would read that script and decide to make this. And it's unfathomable that it would pass however many other checks that should have wiped this turd out before it ever made it onto a screen. The only path I see for this is if McDonald's has paid a shit ton of money to have this thing made, and they might have. This is a blatant <laughs> E.T. ripoff. It's a blatant cash grab. It's 10 out of 10 bad. I don't know what else to say. Mickey T is what we're going to call this from now on because that is exactly what it is. It is completely an ad for McDonald's and Coca-Cola. Like yeah. Together, the two of them put so much money into getting this made. The acting is unconscionable. Like, I don't know a movie, and that includes many of the, like, B or C-level movies we've watched that have had worse actors. Champagne and Bullets had better acting than this. 
Yeah, I mean, Birdemic had better action. The than sex this. scenes in in Champagne and Bullets and the action scenes in Birdemic were superior to those in this movie. If you told me these kids grew up to star in Birdemic, I believe you. <laughs> the effects and the puppeteering and the actual like makeup on these aliens is egregious as fuck like i don't understand how this passed muster someone must have like how many suits did they go through before they decided on this one this has to be a first <laughs> attempt at, at <laughs> making a fucking alien probably what you have to remember is this is the 80s so a lot of people were on cocaine <laughs> <laughs> this is great that's this is right fucking yeah. great it's fucking great the pace doesn't hold up anymore the first hour was way too slow for my children and then it goes from zero to a thousand like, it goes from nothing to just out of control immediately. Yeah. And and that is what it felt like. It felt like they were eating edibles, and the first hour was them before it kicked in, and the last half an <laughs> hour was in. when it kicked in, and they were fucking <laughs> melted, because that's all I can say. The vacuum yeah. scene to me was just like... Anytime they got sucked up or <laughs> when Debbie got dragged around the room on the fucking vacuum and it's yeah, clearly Yeah, we barely talked about oh. that. She, the, the thing's got her going up and down. She's like, the backpack's locked into some kind oh, of fucking track. They're brutal. spinning her. It's insanity. Yeah. All of the, I mean, I can't go anywhere else. This is a 10 bad. All of it adding it's up. It's gotta be. The science in it is fucking awful as well. Wow. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> the only thing that might drag this out of a 10 bad, and I'm not, it's not going to, is Alan Silvestri. Like, the music carries more mood and emotion in this he must look back on this as like his greatest shame i mean i feel like we're going to encounter him later on this season and maybe you should hold <laughs> off on that but it's uh it's not All great right. for so sure so what we've learned is alan sylvester uh, he take got a paid. paycheck yeah he'll he take a paid. paycheck yeah. he is who is it who famously said is he paid for a house with a fucking shitty movie that was michael kane for jaws yes, the revenge that's the right. our first season. by yeah. the way great episode if you have not heard our jaws the revenge episode go back to our yeah. first season and find so it. alan sylvester okay. is the michael kane of composers <laughs> is what we've decided but, but how enjoyable did you find this movie uh, this was so fucking hard i laughed a lot yeah I was bored at times. Yeah. Right? It was a little slow. Um, the story makes no sense. <laughs> there are some fun ballads. The dance scene in McDonald's I enjoyed. But I think in the end, my kids didn't enjoy it. Like, they were done. Well, it's not your kids' enjoyment. It's your It's mine, too, though. But it was made for children, and it does not hold up today. I had it as a six. That's very fair. And you won't get much argument from me here. So much of this is shit from a technical, and I would even say ethical standpoint. <laughs> But there yeah, are. I, I have a lot of problems with that, like, main character being in a wheelchair. Oh, really? I would have thought that would be a positive. I mean, it's good to show different abilities in that scene. Yes. But the, what they did to that character and the way they used the wheelchair felt like it was for shits and giggles and not, like, an empowering stand. You're thinking specifically of the hill scene? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I feel bad about how much I enjoyed that scene. Uh, there are a few things working in this movie's favor for me. First, it's from the 80s, and the flagrant product placement activated a lot of nostalgia for me. Uh, secondly, I laughed out loud at a couple of different points. I just mentioned the hill scene. That was definitely one of them. Uh, the McDonald's scenes, because of how ridiculous it was. There were others, but I can't think of them right now. Uh, and I can't overstate this enough. The amount that things got completely insane towards the end of this movie... I was stunned, I was shocked, I was scandalized, but I was also very entertained. <laughs> Just some batshit decision-making that tanked this movie from a quality perspective, but really bumped up the enjoyment for me. However, 
the kids are terrible actors, which made a lot of their stuff hard to watch. And the fucking alien effects were so shitty. Like, it was almost making me angry. So I definitely can't give this anywhere near a 10 for enjoyable. But I had it as a 7. And I want to put a disclaimer on this because I'm pretty sure it's my first time watching this. So now that I've seen everything and there's no surprises, I feel like if I watched it again, I would enjoy it a lot less. Yeah. How much of your enjoyability rating is because you hate E.T.? I would <laughs> you like I you are notoriously, notoriously yeah, anti ET. Yeah. I listen, that made me want to like this more. I really wanted to like it more because I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll go with the like, you know, off brand, like the alternative to ET. Can't do it. This is a <laughs> real piece of shit. Uh, but a great, great recommendation. And I really want to say thank you to Chris Necht for this, if I pronounced your name right. I hope I did. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, great shit, Chris. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you listening. Um, what did you think of this beer? Holy crap. This beer, I would say, surpassed what I expected. There was so much going on here. Yeah. It started with sort of coffee and bourbon and then transitioned to me into... The maple. The maple, the sweet and spice together. And then it finished again with a little bit of a bourbon kick, but not one that burned. I think maybe the lactose cut some of the burn out of this. It hit the right spot, and but it also put me in a good place. It warmed me up. It felt like a good breakfast, I would say. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I traditionally have not enjoyed any kind of barrel-aged anything. Like I always find that when they barrel-age something, it ends up just tasting like the liquor. And I'm not a huge bourbon guy, but this was incredibly smooth. Oh, yeah. I think that they were smart in the ingredients they chose yes. to offset yeah. the barrel-aging because... Although you get a little bit of that at both the start and the end of your sip, it it does not make it last on your palate. Like, there's no lasting bourbon flavor, and I think that is something that's going to make it really accessible to most people. Yeah, I agree, and I feel like the other ingredients really complemented that well. Like you said, that kind of coffee note, the, the cacao, and the lactose, it really came together in a very pleasing way. So I have to say, of all the barrel-aged stouts or barrel-aged anything I've had, this is by far my favorite. I could definitely drink another one of these. I'd be fucking shit-faced afterwards, but I could drink it. I think this is a limited edition offering from Gris House, but if they bring this back, I would strongly recommend finding the extraterrestrial if you're a stout lover, this is fucking great. And as we've already said, there are the rest of their selection also pretty fantastic. I will be heading back there again at some point. I'll go, I'll go back to Pittsburgh many more times in my life, I'm sure. And I'll be hitting up Grist House, spend a little time there. Check them out. But extraterrestrial, really fucking good. Yeah, this is a home run kind of place. I don't think you can go wrong going here. They have such a wide selection. All the beers we've had have been excellent. And, oh, <laughs> oh no oh god jesus and, and and you can't go wrong i'm feeling warm i'm feeling in the right place speaking of things that warm the belly two weeks from now we are going to be enjoying a very very fall appropriate beverage it's a pumpkin ale not just any pumpkin ale a legendary pumpkin ale and it perfectly matches the movie we're going to watch in two weeks time we're going to be talking about Pumpkinhead. The movie and beer? The movie and beer. Ooh. So I've heard of this beer. This is one that I think. Have you of, heard of the movie? Uh, it's kind of flew under the radar. I don't think. But I, a lot I of people like it. We might get some flack on is this Is it one. a Sleepy Hollow thing? 80s horror. You like 80s horror. I love it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I'm excited for that in two weeks. 
two weeks time our Halloween episode. And listen, if you love Pumpkinhead and think that we should not be talking about it, hey, maybe you're right. I don't fucking know. I've never seen that movie before. But we'll watch it. We'll get back to you. And uh, that's going to be our Halloween episode in two weeks time. Before then, if you have not already, please follow us on social media at the BMB podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to send us suggestions, uh, feedback, random comments, thebmbpodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. That's the way you can get a hold of us by email, or you can reach out to us on our social media. That's what Chris did and gave us this fine request that we covered for you here today. Thanks again for that one, Chris. We hope that you will join us in two weeks' time for Pumpkinhead. Until then, I'm Cooper. I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep reaching for the skies and your wheelchair breaks. Oh. Out of this world and into your heart. <laughs>